opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. What's it? Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation. That's a hard left wing position. Hard left. Just the hard left. 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 Hard left. Hard left. The hard left. The hard left. 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 I will break kayfabe at some point, just in the middle of like a two-hour recording, just like hurling abuse at the Belgians or something. It'll immediately pinpoint for anyone eventually listening to that what sort of editing turnaround we got. <laughs> I guess you could look at it two ways, but yesterday I I, uh, I recorded an episode on the Queen dying and all that shit with Art Jan for leftover. Um, which which was very fun and I'm sure it'll be a good listen when it comes out but you could look at it like I've already blown my load on this subject you know or that I'm well practiced I'm a well-oiled machine and I've had a whole like dress rehearsal for what we're gonna do today so yes (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well figured out what word and what didn't on that and just blow all the good material again here (laughs) yeah it's it's a glass empty full situation you know uh so Oh, let's call this bitch. What a bitch! Oh wait, no, I don't think it's gone through yet. That was you. That was your side. <laughs> oh, there he is. So yeah, let's roll. Okay, welcome to Real Politic, everyone. I'm Jack. I'm joined by Geraint, and um, we've Hello. got we've got another very special guest here who we'll announce in a second. But I just want to say before we really get started talking about you know the implications of recent events on uh, the, the the way that Britain is run, the very fabric of the British state. I just have like one little thing I want to say, and you know. At a later date, I'll be quite happy to sit here and tell you all the things about Queen Elizabeth II that I'd like to tell you. But for now, all I'm willing to say is that Queen Elizabeth II was undoubtedly the hardest working woman in the apparatus of the British state, the most dedicated and totally absorbed in the business of the apparatus of the British state that I've ever met. And that's... Well, that's all I've really got to say at the moment. She was the absolute best. Thanks. It's taken a few years. We've finally done it. We've finally made this a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a We've special... got Jack on side. That was especially for you guys. I just thought of that a minute yeah. before we recorded. I, li- I couldn't find it, so I had to go and transcribe it myself. <laughs> I couldn't find it written down anywhere. We're getting there. You were making Vince McMahon jokes unprompted in one of the other of the, the group chats we're in a few weeks ago. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, well, we were I was, these things. I was watching something and uh, Randy Quaid was in it and uh wait no not yeah. randy quaid it was dennis quaid quotes, dennis yeah, quaid yeah. the one who's like kind of a good actor and has got his shit together um like <laughs> and de- that reminds de- you of events 
<laughs> and well, no, it was just his look. His sort of, sort of like weird gurning <laughs> facial expressions yes. reminded me a lot of Vince McMahon in the memes. You know, like whereas Galaxy Brain Vince McMahon meme or whatever, yeah. where he's turning yeah. red like Gapes doing a milk speech. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you know, but I'm I just can't help but absorb a bit of a sort of wrestling culture being uh, surrounded by you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to hear you pay tribute to one of the greatest English people of our lifetime who has served their country for decades and represented them in front of the world. I'm talking, of course, about William Regal, who's still alive, happily. <laughs> there are so many Queen Benoit jokes that I could make, but I'm just... <laughs> but I, I, I've thought of, like, five in the last two seconds and none of them I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so let's just move on and introduce our guest. So some of you may know the, the, the little town or subsection of a town of Ilford South has its own professional wrestling, bare knuckle boxing, cockfighting, dogfighting, baby fighting, baby fighting, cow massacring. Uh, I, mean, I tell you, most babies are really easy to beat up. I don't know why we still let me still do it. Yeah, a whole there's a whole world of professional sports in uh, Ilford South, but that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're joined today by Ilford South investigative journalist for the Ilford Inquirer, Mr. Jimothy Baker. Yeah, hello everyone, and thank you, Jack, for having me on this Associated Press podcast. Oh, yeah, for those of us in the establishment media, we want to lift up the striving, struggling local independent outlets like the Ilford Inquirer. As but, you should. But I mean, not, the Ilf- Ilf- not the Ilford Enquirer, who, no, are, who are a bunch of cunts. Not. They are a bunch of cunts. But yes, it's, like, we all started out <laughs> in a local media and... Uh, some of us, you know, got raised home and some of us are just waiting of opportunity. Well, I, I, the thing is that Ilford journalism is a very fulfilling kind of journalism. There's a lot that happens in, uh, well, not really so much in the north, but certainly in the south of Ilford. You know, it's a very vibrant kind of culture down there. Oh, yeah, it's a very vibrant, very vibrant culture down here between <laughs> us and the Ilford Inquirer. I think in the north they just have, like, the McDonald's Times or whatever it's called. But no, <laughs> journalism still alive and well in the Ilford South area. <laughs> well, that's very good. Despite the last couple of years, I mean, it has officially been effectively controlled by the nefarious Jeremy Corbyn through his intermediary, Harry, <coughs> uh, Corbyn's candidate. But from what I've heard from people on the ground, that's not really the case. Corbyn's candidate does not really have control in Ilford South. Oh and no, it... don't worry, we're soon getting rid of that chap. So the press is still free. He hasn't shut down the press by possibly taking it out of the hands of the billionaire Ilford South oligarchs or anything like that. No, no, he tried that with Ipso, but I've got wise to their tricks now, but I will shot on sight when they come round. Well, maybe we'll return to Sam Tarry a little bit later, but I mean, we really want to get the lowdown from you on um, Ilford South. And, 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 well, just on Ilford South, really, but, but we really want to get the lowdown from you on the sort of, we want you to take the temperature in Ilford South on the reaction to the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Well, yes, obviously, we're all very sad in Ilford South that, uh, what's her name died. <laughs> that what? That, uh, oh, you know, that old woman, the ugly old woman. Um... <laughs> the ugly old woman. Isn't it true that you have her on the stamps in Ilford, despite your extensive devolved powers? 
Well, yeah, we have it on the stamps for external mail. Obviously, on the internal mail, you just sort of write someone's name on it, and you know, we all know each other around here. They know where it goes. Well, from from what I've heard, you have on the upside of the stamps that everyone will see. You have the former Ilford South MP Mike Gapes's visage, and then on the the sticky side that goes on the envelopes, that's where the Queen is. Yes, that's right. I mean, it, it would be uh, disrespectful to lick Mike Gapes's face. <laughs> uh, and he's got to be on there. Instru- unless he's instructed you to, which he has to me on uh, numerous occasions. <laughs> you're, you're quite close with Mr Gapes, aren't you? I am, and thank God we finally finished that War of the Gapes, and we found our one true Mike Gapes again. You'll have to listen to my podcast coming out possibly in five years or so <laughs> to get the full story of what happened. But yes, we're very much back to classic Ilford South now. Uh, from what I hear, there is a lot of um, method acting that goes into somebody embodying the role of Mike Gapes in your dramatic reconstructions of your life. And it really requires a kind of immersion uh, it to, does. in it, the character. It requires the actor to be an absolute pervert, to be honest. <laughs> it's almost a kind of monastic thing. You have to kind of go into the wilderness and rip cows' throats open with your teeth and stuff. Yes, you have to go into stuff. the wilderness, you have to go into hospitals, you have to go into children's <laughs> schools. <laughs> yes, you need to... Fully embody the uh, spirit of Mike Gapes in all his glorifying terror in order to embody the spirit of a man. But you and him, you have like a sort of the old school relationship between the press and politicians, you know, when it comes to Mr. Gapes. Like, basically, there's none of this nonsense where the journalist puts their own biased spin on it or tries to, like cross-check what the politician is saying oh, no, with, like, with facts our, or any Part of our remit as the Ilford Inquirer is to hold power to account. And how better to hold them to account than to provide the most accurate portrayal of what they've said. In fact, look, print it unadulterated without any criticism, verbatim. As I understand it, you often let Mr Gapes write the editorials of the Ilford Inquirer himself. Yes, I mean, it's actually edited in Kaunadu in one of these many small sheds he has just to make sure that we're not going to get uh, libeled or any visitors by the... Would uh, this be a, a cow shed? Uh, 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 is it a barn? They're all cow sheds. Cow shed is a thing, isn't it? It is in Kaunadu. <laughs> it's an Ilford thing. <laughs> just everyone's got a couple of cows in the shed in their back garden for a rainy day. Yeah, for, for a rainy day or a dry day when you need some milk. So the monarchy, the monarchy, what is the situation vis-a-vis the monarchy in Ilford South? Is it something that is widely recognised? Because I know you have your well, own yeah, I mean, we, very we powerful political figures. We recognise the Queen. Like, she's on all the stamps. How can you miss her? Of course we recognise who she is. Well, but, I mean, uh, yeah. I imagine you'd miss her if, if you're just looking at, at, at the parcel at any stage after it's been sent out. Well, yeah, I mean, we recognise her from when we lick the stamps. Of course we do. She's the ugly old woman. Because you're constantly stealing mail and ripping off the, <laughs> ripping off the stamps to recycle them as a, an extra bit of theft. <laughs> Well, you know, we get all that hate mail. It'd be a, it'd be a waste to let you know all the packages with the ill-made bombs that come in. 
Yeah. You know, to go to waste. <laughs> and, saves and, money. And like all journalists like these days like hack phones and shit and some journalists even have their own tricks turned on them by Russia like Paul Mason like with his emails and stuff. You know, I'm sure you yourself have been sent a, you know, a sexy picture of thick li- or something. You've had no choice but to click it and the next thing you know all your all your 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 stuff is in Russia's hands. I mean, it it does happen. Luckily, Russians don't seem to have got the hang of hacking MS-DOS yet, which is what we all (laughs) run the newspapers on, the most secure, you know, the the tried and true method. But I was just going to say, any fucking cunt can hack a phone. That's so, like, passive. Even Lee Harpin could do that. Especially Lee Harpin. Any intern can hack a phone after I've had a brief tutorial session with him. But, I mean, that's almost passe at this point. But, like, intercepting mail, that's, like, a lost art. That's like the old school journalism, you know. That's you can't what get that is. at the Guardian masterclass. The real gumshoes did back you in the day. It actually. is. I mean, you need to set up an entire fake post office. You need to staff it with interns dressed as uh, post people. <laughs> you have to take post people now. And definitely, you can't pay them. You can't pay those fucking interns either. Well, and no, and you don't need work... to pay them generally because you know they their parents. You see them at the social club and it's all chill. Like, they're sorted. Exactly, exactly. They work for experience. We had a one intern, like, I saw the queue and I thought, I'm not queuing for this. So we had one intern. He was actually a, f- a frail young intern. Uh, we called him Johnny because he had polio. And, uh... <laughs> That's an, uh, to those not aware, that's a reference to the, the 1970s Ilford South rock musician and multiple times convicted sex criminal Johnny Polio. Yes, rest in peace Johnny Polio. One of these days they'll find your body. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I, like I said, I saw the cue, but I'm not waiting for this. And like, like I said, he's very frail, he's very easy to bully. So that's why I made him have plastic surgery to look like me until he got to about the last five minutes of the queue. Uh, by that time, he was really flagging. And that's when I threw the uh, flashbang into the uh, audience, you know, as a distraction so I could swap sides with him. There were some elderly people there. I think one of them actually had a heart attack from the flashbang. But it, it worked a treat. I could just slip in, got to see the coffin, and absolute disappointment. What a disappointment it was. She, I bet like, she wasn't even doing anything, was she? Just fucking lying there. You couldn't even see anything in there. It was... It didn't even let you touch it. It felt like a complete waste of my time getting all that plastic surgery done on him. <laughs> Wait, you got plastic surgery? No, the intern. The intern. the intern have plastic surgery to look like me so he could wait in line. Well, I was going to say... No, and that way nobody would notice when we switched sides. That's something that's been kind of known to happen in Ilford. Like, there was that guy, you know, they found the body of that looked like a lot like Mike Gapes in that dumpster. And then they found the other one in the bin just along the road. And, and everyone was like, is Mike Gapes dead? Twice. And Gapes came out and said, no, I'm fine. These are just men who look a lot like me, perhaps admirers who have uh, got plastic surgery uh, to look like me. You didn't have any kind of, you didn't. These guys weren't interns, were they? No, no, that's just the actual end point of milk poisoning. I mean, we all enjoy a bit of milk, but some people get too addicted and they end up looking like Mike Gapes and, you know, they end up in a dumpster. <laughs> Not clones, then? No, that whole cloning thing was debunked by me, Jimothy Baker. <laughs> the fact, the Ilford, Ilford South, in- the Ilford Inquirer fact check. 
Exactly. This whole cloning nonsense, it's got to stop. <laughs> the Elven no Inquirer fact check Gapes. is just like a quote from Mike Gape saying, no, this is wrong. Well, I was yes. going to say, you, you, because I, I consider you a kind of an old school gumshoe reporter. Like I say, you intercept mail and all that other kind of old school shit, cunning schemes like your interns getting plastic surgery and shit, although admittedly that wasn't really for you. I guess it was for journalism. You needed to see the Queen for the sake of journalism. I did. I needed people to know it was a total letdown and if you queued you're a fucking idiot but, but i mean that's that other thing you know you, you've always said the news is what mike gape says it is the news is what the politician deems fit to print because what's the point of losing access to this person who is so important Not, exactly i mean especially if, to if, your I career. Have, if i didn't have access to mike gapes i would have pretty much no stories and that's why i let mike gapes do pretty much whatever he wants yeah, that's how journalism works these days. So you queued for the Queen. I did. I did. You left Ilford South. For the Queen. I did leave Ilford South. As I left Ilford South, I felt myself getting sicker and sicker. It was an <laughs> awful experience. It was, it was very much a, a glad experience to be back here in Ilford South near did, my gates again. Did creamed corn start like pouring out of your <laughs> orifices? Oh, like blood was trickling out of my eyes. Milk. Oh, I had headaches. Yes, you couldn't get any good milk in London. It was just all this sort of watery white stuff. Not what I'd call milk at all. <laughs> Do you guys drink it raw in Ilford? Oh, yeah, I mean, we, we drink it raw, of course. I mean, like you say, we've all got cow sheds, so we'll drink it straight from a cow's oven. <laughs> You've heard of straight from a horse's mouth. Well, <laughs> I mean, again, straight from a horse's mouth. That very much describes your kind of approach to journalism. Gapes being the horse. I know that might be sacrilegious to say. I believe horses in the Ilford religious traditions are kind of considered agents of Satan and cows. Yes, I mean, you can tell horses are evil because whenever Gates tries to ride one of them, their legs just immediately break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's ended up, I guess, having to put a lot of horses out of their misery with the shotgun that he likes to carry around like Omar and the Wire. And that's very out of character him for example mr gates would never kill a cow oh no that's why we have cows now they've got sturdy legs mike gates can ride on them their legs don't break but horses <laughs> they've got these little spindly legs they just break immediately as soon as gates sits on them is it true that gates sometimes has a crew of men carrying a cow upon which he rides for extra reinforcement oh yeah i mean if you've ever seen that wonderful film apocalypse now i believe the character <laughs> i've never heard of that on mike gates there so that's a deep cut uh, sorry i'm not some mamby pamby intellectual fucking journalist like you who knows about these obscure art films apocalypse fucking what was it cow what <laughs> but yes gates will often be Riding a cow held aloft by four men strong and true. Well, you've got some very large men in Ilford, haven't you? Gorgeous Georgie. <laughs> Gorgeous Georgie. Gorgeous Gilbert. Gorgeous Gilbert. Oh, Geraint Goliath. Yes, Sir Goliath. <laughs> Who's the other one? Jerry Gestapo. Jerry Gestapo. All, all <laughs> the uh, GG generals. Yes. All <laughs> <laughs> hoist my gates aloft. Milk has made their bones strong, I assume. It has. It's made all our bones strong. But you know they've got to watch it because it's a delicate balance. Because one day you just have that little bit too much milk and baldness and purple face. Oh yeah, baldness. I've seen it make people's teeth so strong they've just burst out of their head. (laughs) (laughs) That's so tragic. But yes, I was disappointed by the size of the queue. I remember when Gabe Senior died here. 
we had a much longer queue. Part of that was because we let all the prisoners out on day release to join the queue. <laughs> which, in retrospect, was a mistake because there were a lot of disabled and elderly people in the queue. And they just made easy pickings for murderers and rapists. These criminals weren't under supervision on their day release then. No, you, you don't supervise people in the morning. What sort of monster are you? Sorry, I should have respect. I thought you were going to say that you were disappointed by the size of the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of shriveled up. You know? <laughs> she was. She was very shriveled up. It's like Hobbes said in Leviathan. You can tie the health of the nation to the health of its sovereign. So <laughs> Upland South, obviously, very healthy. Like we've, got a robust, we've got a robust sovereign. Yes, that's true. the rest true. of England, very weak because they've had a very weak sovereign, and I've got an even weaker sovereign with that young idiot man they've got. What, Tarry? Not Tarry. Uh, for one of the big thing, For one of the big fingers, you, you know what they're like. <laughs> it's against the great British traditions to embalm a monarch, isn't it? You have to just kind of let them <laughs> deflate. Well, yeah, we have this same tradition in Ilford South when Gates Senior died. We didn't embalm him at all, we just put him in the coffin. People would come and pay their respects. They'd all kiss him on the lips because we had an open coffin. We didn't want people <laughs> thinking there wasn't anyone in there. And that's possibly how the plague started because he'd been decomposing <laughs> a bit by the third day. But you still had to kiss him. I mean, I kissed him and, God, I got so sick. How did you make it through in the end? Make it through? Oh, well, we've got a booper in Ilford South. Well, I say booper, we just go into London and put it all on expenses. <laughs> Fucking health tourism. Send them back, <laughs> I say. But yes, I mean, again, with the size of Q, it only lasted a few days. In Ilford, it lasted about four months. Most of that was because the front of the queue somehow got joined to the end of the queue, and it turned into some sort of circular death march where no one knew where the queue started or queue ended. <laughs> Is it true that there's some confusion because a lot of people just drop dead in the queue? And some of them, especially because it was so cold at that point, some of them just simply froze in the spot. And so people were just standing behind these frozen cadavers, just like, fucking hell, man. How fucking hard would it be to get a move on? Jesus Christ. That did happen for a bit. I mean, I was part of the queue, and at some point I just started pushing people over to get near to the front. And some of them would shatter when they hit the ground, and I thought... Oh, there's another one. I've heard you've got trouble in England where they're replacing the money with the new idiot child. Uh, it's cost a lot to do that. We've never had that problem in Ilford. We've got our own Gates gold, which has Gates's smiling visage on it. And luckily, Gates looked identical to his father. So when he died, <laughs> he didn't have to change any of the money. Like, it's just Gates again. More Gates. <laughs> Are you sure that corpse in the middle of Hilford South for however many months was definitely Mike Gape Sr.? Oh yeah, I mean, you can't see that big red face, that big bald head and think, oh, this is not Gape Sr. The smell of rotting milk. Yeah, the smell of rotting milk, the rotting flesh. (laughs) How's the ogre situation, by the way? There are things going on in Hilford, like shoes not looking like feet, or the GG gang. Or what you're going to be looking into, the golf course ogre. The golf course ogre? Ah, you've heard of him, good. There's no need to explain what it is then. I think that's what's been killing the cows, not rowdy teens. Even if Mr Gapes has assured me it's them. I'm worried Mr Gapes may be in over his head on this one. He's a genius of course, but such a pure and innocent man can't possibly know about the dark, deep underbelly of Ilford South. 
because I know that on the luxurious Ilford South golf course, I believe owned by Mr. Gates, part of his extensive property portfolio, there was a problem. Basically, it's all hands on deck when it comes to places for keeping cows in Ilford. This is a wide open space. Yes, you're supposed to be fucking playing golf on it, but really there's not that many golfers in Ilford aside from Mr. Gapes. Oh, like, I'm sorry if you had to ask me about Like, the yoga situation has just gotten even worse. I've hired you both today in order to get to the bottom of these stories about the golf course ogre. Some hideous, bloated, bold creature has been said to arise from a water hazard during the night and kill the gentle cows that converge on the course. Bold, you say? Bold. All the witnesses say it's so bold. But they've never seen anything so bold before. You're doing good work here, Jimothy. If there is any hideous, bald man killing cows, it'll be me. Uh, I, I mean, we must protect our wonderful dairy animals. Lock and load. Look. We'll never find the ogre with all these cows in the way. Gates, load up the lights. Will the gun work? It should. I modified an elephant gun. It's like a mini howitzer now. See? It took that one's head clean off. Going to be sick. Have some milk, John. The milk in Ulfred solves all your problems. It's like magic. A couple of warning shots should thin that herd. I wouldn't have to be doing this! I wouldn't be left with this terrible burden! Taking the sin of cow killing onto my soul, like when I was Judas and I had to betray Jesus! You were Judas? Yes! Uh, in the pantomime last year. <laughs> oh yeah, you were great. And not at all anti-Semitic. Those allegations were simply a political motivated smear campaign by establishment panto critics. I've never seen a panto with three of my sisters before. Ah! Sorry, Jimothy. Grazed your ear with that one. My mistake. Ah, it's just another war wound. You get these things when you're an investigative journalist. Ugh, sun's coming up now anyway. I guess Fioga was just an urban legend. Let's head back. Oh. Oh no. No, he is real. Look at all these cows he's killed. My god, the ogre strikes again. He must have killed all these cows behind our backs. Look at this one, it's taking his whole head. What sort of hideously bold creature could do this? I'll need to keep investigating. Same time next week, Mr. Gapes. Same time next week, Jimothy. Don't worry, we'll catch him one of these days. He apparently has developed a taste for human flesh. I mean, we've hired the finest, deadliest assassins from far out China, <laughs> and they just keep turning up dead. Ilford South doesn't tend to have links with communist countries does it it doesn't officially but you know <laughs> if you want someone dead best person to ask sorry great were you gonna say something <laughs>
No, absolutely not. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just heard you go, oh, so I have this thing to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there rumours of triad involvement in the opium <laughs> epidemic that took so many lives at the three-day Gapefest festival? There was, yes. We did trace everything bad that happened at the Gapefest festival was due to China. Really? Not Russia at all? No, not Russia. I mean, like, Russia, China, they're basically the same people. <laughs> so... Yes, yeah, so I remember when I was in the queue for the last five minutes and I saw, like, so many people wide awake, distressed from the sleep deprivation. It did remind me of the people Richard Miller used to show me in his torture chamber when we ran out of room <laughs> at the jail. We'd just send people to Richard Miller and he would, you know, occasionally take me around, show the people he'd been keeping up for like two weeks straight. They had like a clockwork orange thing on their head, their eyes kept wide awake, he'd be shining light into them. And he'd look at me and he'd say, one of these days, you see, one of these days. Which obviously is him talking about, one of these days, I will get the award I so richly deserve. What did he say, one of these, it cut out? But yeah, he was saying, one of these days, Jimothy, one of these days. Oh, okay, okay, no, no, it didn't cut out. I thought, I thought, you, said, <laughs> I thought you said something. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. that's, that's not even like the worst thing that would happen with Richard Mills. That got sent to Richard Miller's torture chamber. I remember these three young rap scallions. These three, three, young, three young rap singers. Rap is, scallions. Is that allowed in Ilford? Three younger scallywags. They once threw a bottle of milk at Gapes' Gapes reveal. So would he, would he be grateful? Miller. Did it smash, I guess? Did he not manage it, to catch it? It did. You know, it's enclosed. It's like a poke reveal, the Gapes reveal. <laughs> Well, do, but, yeah, how so, did, what, did the machine guns of Gapes Babille not cut them down immediately? Oh, no, he wanted a worse fate. He, <laughs> he signed them to Richard Miller, and Richard Miller forcibly performed gender reassignment surgery on them and made them into Ilford South's first Japanese idol group. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, they are absolutely delightful. I've been to a few of their events. <laughs> so the music scene in Ilford South, it's thriving. It's thriving, yes. We've got numerous Johnny Polio imitators, some of them who haven't even been arrested yet. We've got the Idol group. I go to their handshaking events every chance I see them. They really are gorgeous young girls. There's all sorts of like Johnny Polio influenced rock and rollers in Elford Sound now. There's Marky Dysentery, there's Bobby Consumption, Johnny Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, there's a Freddie Ironlong. <laughs> Jerry uh, Bruciosiosis. <laughs> I'm not Warren Zevon, I can't pronounce that word. Yeah, there's a Andy Ames. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, who says rock and roll is dead, am I right? Well, not according to people who attend Johnny Polio's grave every night and hope for him to come back to life. Yeah, just to make no, him murder him no again he is dead. They're dead children. He is dead, and that's probably for the best. I mean, if you believe rumours, yes, it's probably for the best. Like, he wouldn't survive in today's woke world. It's cancel culture. <laughs> Like, it's like the greats, like Johnny Lee Lewis, no, sorry, Johnny Polio, Jerry Lee Lewis, Don Henley, all of them, they just, they made the mistakes, people died, like, you you got to have a, a path back for people like that. Exactly. Even if they you did know, it again. People can grow, you know, they can apologise and do the same thing, then apologise and do the same thing. You need to accept their apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a state funeral in Ilford South for its most famous musical export, Johnny Polio? I mean, like, we, we tried to have one. Obviously, they, they never found all of his body, just uh, parts of it. 
And Which parts? Yeah, so, there was the uh, morning, but it was also a big salvation, particularly from a parents. A kind of wake, if you will. Kind of, like, if you imagine, like, G.G. Allen's funeral, <laughs> instead of, like, pouring booze into his mouth, they were just stabbing the corpse, or what, <laughs> always had up the corpse. Isn't that how he died in the first place, allegedly? Well, allegedly, I, I can't get too much into the details of Johnny Polio's uh, disappearance. <laughs> we know bits and pieces of it. We know he was kidnapped by some parents. We know they all went into the room one after another and stabbed him once so none of them would know who actually killed him. <laughs> that sounds like we know quite a lot about the case, to be honest. Well, yeah, so we couldn't prosecute any of them because we didn't know any of them who actually left the killing blow. Okay, this is... I mean, is... Like, there was about 2,000 people there as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the easiest thing. Okay, uh, journalism. You know what journalism is. It's asking your betters what the official line is. What does Mike Gapes say about this? Mike Gapes say about Johnny Polio or the Queen? Fuck anything, you know. <laughs> What's he say about the milk? Has he got new opinions? No, no, Mike Gapes, he still loves the milk. We know Mike <laughs> Gapes. He's a milk lover through and through. He's a milk uh, man. He is, yes. He was very sad about the death of Johnny Polio. Obviously, they were big friends in the 70s and Mike Gapes had no idea about the child murders. <laughs> yeah, and as for the Queen, he just said, Fuck that ugly old bitch. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask, yeah. Gates was like, he remembers the Queen was a sexy young teen. You know, he was her bull. And, like, he just saw her get old and withered, and he was like, what have I done? Wait, what have you done? What had he done? What hadn't he done? He was never quite clear on that. I just remember him saying the Queen as a teenager was a massive slut. Well, that's kind of disrespectful. I think Mike Gabe should apologise for that. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's one of the reasons Sam Tarry cheated his way to beating him. He did have those big posters of Mike Gabe saying, Teenage Queen was a slut, and now I wouldn't fuck her with <laughs> Real labour values. Real uh, labour values, yeah. Well, speaking of labour and Tarry, have you been keeping track of the reselection process, or, or not? even, of Sam Tarry in Ilford South, in the Labour Party, because I saw one of the journalists, who I'm sure you'd agree, I respect the most in this country, Lee Harpin. I saw him... Yes, Lee Harpin is... Yeah, I hear Lee Harpin is a close personal friend of yours, Jimothy. He is, yes. Knows how to uncritically repeat whatever bullshit his sources are telling him. But I don't know. Yes, I mean, that, he started actually out as an intern in the Ilford Inquirer <laughs> under my father. And he learned everything he knew about journalism from there. He was saying, and I don't actually have any cause to doubt him on this, that Sam Tarry had just lost the vote in two branches of the Ilford South Labour Party to be the candidate for the party at the next election with no votes. <laughs> Nobody voted for him in either, apparently. Well, had he not put out a letter specifically asking people not to vote for him because he's automatically on the ballot? Oh, right. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. I, okay, well, maybe... That, that Look, sounds like a typical Sam Tarry trick. Far be... <laughs> <laughs> far be it from Lee Harpin to put some kind of malicious spin on something. Yeah. No, I, I, I trust Lee Harpin implicitly. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, we all hope Jas Afwal replaces the uh, Corbyn candidate. Jas Afwal, I should state, is not Mike Gapes. Mr. Atwell, he's like, he's a real Gape goon, isn't he? He is, yes. At this point in our interview... Jimothy Baker proceeded to launch unprompted into a series of insensitive and discriminatory racial remarks about the Chinese, Jewish, Muslim and Sikh communities. 
When reached for comment prior to the publication of this interview, Mr. Baker told RealPolitik, These alleged remarks, were they even said at all, were merely an attempt to imagine what Jeremy Corbyn might potentially say were he sitting there in that scenario. That the racist comments had no bearing on the actual conversation at hand is simply a testament to Mr Corbyn's imbalanced state of mind. We have disguised Mr Baker's voice just to disrespect him. Due to their offensive nature, we have declined to air the controversial comments made by Mr Baker. Unless you subscribe to our Patreon, that is, where you can hear the extended cut of this episode featuring all the deleted racist segments. Smash that subscribe button, brothers and sisters! That's very fascinating, Jimothy. Thank you. I, that, those were some very interesting opinions in that segment uh, that will not be appearing in the show. Thank you. But yes, thank you, Jack from AP. Thank you, Gwank from AP. I'll have to go now. My interns like need feeding. I've locked them in all night. So <laughs> if you can like imagine, like they basically have like a water bottle from a hamster. And a bit of kibble in a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So before you go, there's no truth to the rumours that votes for Sam Tarry are being bound up and thrown into the ocean. No, of course not. We don't have an ocean near us. We just have a reservoir. (laughs) I'm certainly not throwing them into there. Were something to be thrown into that reservoir, say paper, it wouldn't simply just get wet, would it? It would dissolve. There's things... Oh, no. Not with, not with all the bleach and ammonia I've poured into that. No <laughs> That's not the same reservoir that everyone in Ilford's getting their milk supply from, is it? Oh no, we have human cows now. We're we're way on the way to the thirty-first century. <laughs> well, no, I just mean you. You obviously you've all got your own cows, but that's like your personal stash. But obviously you need the tap milk. You need the milk to run your baths and wash your hands and so forth. Yeah, we call that the milk of human kindness because it burns and it burns your sins away. <laughs> so it is the same reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jimothy, for telling us all this about what's going on in Ilford South, not that shit over north. A truly enlightened democracy and a model for the rest of the civilised world. Uh, well, thank you, Jack, and thank you, Grant. It's been a pleasure as always. And don't forget to nominate me for any awards that are coming up. Not at all. And say hi to Mr. Gapes for us. I always do, Jack. I always do. Great. These young men who are obsessed with me. Tell him the young men who are obsessed with him, but don't support him. All young men who are obsessed with Gapes. A fine example of masculinity. Yeah, yeah. The British Peterson tells you how to do it. Yeah, he's like British Peterson, but not a pussy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a strong man. He's a, he's a modern Bruno San Martino. You know? <laughs> yes, he's one Bruno San Martino, modern Bob Backlund, modern Iron Shake. Was Mussolini bald? <laughs> uh, no idea. Actually, it's Mussolini was bald. He like he did that reverse selfie angle all the time where it was looking up at him, so we couldn't see the top of his head. Man, this this so... this fascist bitch was bald as fuck. Like, look at fucking hell. He just wore a hat most of the time, like Mike Love, another fucking fascist <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Mike Love was definitely like Mussolini. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not even question. <laughs> the Rock Mussolini. The established facts of history. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, well, what's well, the interview? I need to go. For a piss, because I've drank 
a shitload of beer during that. Back when the milk train used to rumble, my shack used to stop outside of my door. Are you FFF? Are you going to join as FFF now, or are you actually going to go? Ooh. Uh, I'll join in a few minutes. Like I said, I need to go for a piss first. Okay, that's cool. We'll just shoot the shit then. Excellent. Uh, okay, and there's also a possibility, like, during the show, I will just, like, wander off and buy beer and come back. Or might just uh, get drunk and uh, <laughs> <laughs> disappear like an eagle's Okay, yeah, right. Cool. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. Okay, we'll take cool. our time, Speak we'll soon. say what we say, and we won't let anybody get in our way. Yeah. Well, as soon as you're about to go, he starts banging on about Oasis again. Fucking mad for <laughs> it. Every time. Fucking mad for <laughs> it, our kid. Okay, speaking speak of sex dudes. See ya. Yes, so what do we do now? More Queen banter? I guess we just say thank you to our guest, Jimothy Baker, Ilford South investigative journalist, supreme the the best he, he was he was the absolute best thanks so yeah that is great and we may have another special guest who might sound really similar joining us shortly <laughs> so stay tuned for that but yo there's a lot of that about yeah yeah right. yes so, um, so we've left it a good time to do our monarchy episode then yeah i think so yeah it's weird when i was, I was just on my little holiday so I got the madness at a slight remove which was probably good for my sanity but crazy crazy couple of weeks in fact this, this might be a good time now if we're waiting on fff we should cover Anne black being an absolute shithead again oh my god she's such a melt so, so yeah so what she's just saying that party labor party membership yeah. i mean this is kind of informative like, i'll go through it i'll go through it like there's, there's a few things she does, she does a little report of the national executive committee apart from when she doesn't but she's done one this time <laughs> she's um, like i regretfully had to vote with a right on this uh, yeah blah, 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 blah. yeah what? So she's going through the stats, like how many delegates are registered, blah, 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 how many CLPs, how many motions and so on, the boring stuff, uh, going through her different, what motions came up, what she voted on them and that. So <laughs> the NEC decided by 20 votes to 11 to reverse the introduction of one member, one vote for conference arrangement committee elections and return to election by committee delegate. I voted against. Just going on about rule changes from, from CLPs, making them basically wait much longer until next basically they have to be submitted like a year in advance or 15 months in advance for next year's conference and that's what they're going back to yeah i think it's uh, good we're she, talking i think she voted against that to be fair that's um, cool and i, I just want to say i think but... it's good we're talking about this in this episode by the way because there's somebody on the soft left and black is my queen uh, just ki- <laughs> just kidding just kidding i have nothing but respect for the noble institution of the british monarchy <laughs> yeah uh Carry on. Restore long listing <laughs> powers to see how it's fucking boring, really. Boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> require the NEC to explain reasons when imposing a candidate. She voted for that, but it got rejected because Labour's full of shitheads. Mm. Uh, but point four bar lobbyists and property developers from standing as Labour candidates for public office. 
this seemed arbitrary in its list of prescribed occupations, and I voted against. <laughs> it was rejected by 22 votes to 10. Got to keep those lobbyists and property developers in the Labour Party, <laughs> not least because it's about 50% of their fucking councillors in all of Britain. Yeah, maybe she's mates with Charlie Falconer's son, who... Uh, no, sorry, no, he's like a fucking spy or something. <laughs> not, <laughs> foreign office, that kind of shit. Mm. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, who was... Probably is a property God, developer as well. To make. There's plenty yeah, of people who, like, they've had oh, their public it? sector jobs and they've had their private sector jobs. Yeah. A stepping stone to the private sector. So, yeah. It's the Blair model. That's like one of his most influential things. Not necessarily the way he approached politics, but the way he fucking milked it. Milk! For as much cash as possible. Yes. Yeah, like Helen Pitt's two things are. One is Andrew Twentyman and she loves him. And the other was her tweet about you can be a property developer and still working class. <laughs> yes. What if a property developer but had fuck all money throughout? <laughs> someone someone got rinsed for that today, for like specifically that, to the point they had to lock their account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Twitter user Leech Waifu, friend of the show, oh, yeah. found this and called it out and got it to lock her account. I'm just trying to bring it up now, but basically, it's some shit, Nikki Hesford, who is some sort of shithead, genius investor type, you know, the sort of self promoter. Award winning business lass, once on Dragon's Den. Facebook ad specialist and growth mentor. Often political, occasionally funny, quite sweary, opinions of my own. I practice says it once on Dragon's Den, like, didn't win on Dragon's Den. She was on Dragon's Den. Like, we, we could probably get on Dragon's Den. We wouldn't get any money from the dragons, and we'd probably be a laughing stock. I, I ref- not, not the difficult part, I, is it? I, Getting on it. I fucking refuse to go on Dragon's Den unless I can be one of the dragons. Until that fucking point, I'm boycotting it. Yeah, yeah, a literal dragon as well. <laughs> I want to have a tail <laughs> and breathe it's fire. Anti- it's anti-Welsh discrimination, like, <laughs> invoking the dragons and not having any, or any Welsh people. What was my, oh, um, oh just for the listeners, because we weren't recording at this point, before we started, Geraint had some Welsh language football on in the background, as in the commentary was Belgium. Welsh language. Yeah, and I heard it, and because FFF had said that he, that's who our guest is, by the way, welcome FFF to the show, not Timothy Baker at all, because he'd said he was watching some Korean wrestling, I was like, well, is that what you're Korean watching? Basket- as- <laughs> Korean baseball. Korean baseball, yeah, so that's not, that's not cool, come on, but like, but I was just like, <laughs> Welsh, Korean, same fucking thing. <laughs> and that's the point of a show which I shout out my friend Shrieking Tin Man. <laughs> my only Welsh friend. I can't think why. <laughs> and you have, you have no Korean friends. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's... What the fuck is this episode? <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway. So this, this I'm, I'm, friend, I'm friends with that Ilford South K-pop band. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that counts, right? No, oh, no sorry. That's that the Japanese idol band. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, they all the same, are they, Jack? Yes, well, exactly. Welsh, Korean, all these countries. That, which is far off mystical lands. If you can't get the bus directly there from the Ilford constituencies, they're not real. <laughs> okay sorry yeah so, so this person was their latest reinvention seems to be as like i'm a successful working class investor and i started with nothing and, and grew up with poor parents and yet i'm a successful business magnate and property magnate and all this and she was giving it the sort of why not simply 
buy property or do better financially and, and all this. So she was getting, obviously, loads of pushback from the entire left yesterday on that and loads of people who aren't really on the left just because it's basic, ignoring the reality of everything happening in Britain. So she went through had a look at it and she found some interview with this person bigging themselves up, you know, here's how I made my successful career. And she was basically less, yes, my, my parents were, were reasonably comfortable and I basically bought a house at 19. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as, as you all do. Christ. Um, she's not like super old. It's not like she's 60 or something and the entire property market was different. But basically what she did is she had a full-time job of, of sorts, but was like, right, how am I going to get the deposit for a, a cheap house? I know, I'll do some student loan fraud. <laughs> Took out like an 18 grand student loan, the maximum she'd get her hands on and used most of it for the deposit, not intending to do the course she was applying for, and basically bragging, like, yep, did loan fraud, got a deposit, basically then did that house up a bit, sold it on, which then covered the deposit for a slightly better house, which I sold on, which I sold on, which I sold on, and now I'm a property magnate, you know? Like, we could all do crime to to, to get hold of the house if we really wanted to, I think. Who who hasn't thought about taking life insurance out on a friend? Who hasn't thought about taking a life? What exactly? Sorry, that's what you were saying. (laughs) Jack. I got ahead of myself. I got ahead of you. Yeah, it's saying like, yeah, who's not planned on like taking out life insurance on a friend and then having them die in an accident and <laughs> using the money to build a property empire, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hire me? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's convenient. Just find, you know, say a friend who, like, you've lent a bit of money and has no means of paying it back at the moment. Just pick that kind of friend. A friend who's taken a long time to get together, uh, you know, another season of a show that you've been working on, for example. (laughs) Yeah, I I know how you can pay me back, you know. This guy, just whack him. (laughs) That's how you can make me, so I make any sense to you. (laughs) We're not going to include this in the episode. Yeah, no, and it also it keeps cutting out just as you get to your punchline, so I'm just like, yeah, what? Uh, okay, I'm doing a Stuart Lee thing where it cuts out of a punchline. Imagine your own punchline. <laughs> That's what they, he wants you to think it's cutting out of the punchline, yeah. You're just too spicy for Skype, it's not having any of it, it's doing our editing for us. <laughs> Why couldn't that? Why couldn't he do this with all his racial comments earlier? Yeah, as soon as I start going on about. That's when Skype decides to pick up everything. Yeah. The problem is they've AI trained it, so Skype itself is now deeply racist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it just it sucks that they keep just cutting out all the thoughtful, interesting, compassionate things that FFF is saying. Exactly, yes. That's what it's cutting out. Terrible connection issues. Where were we before that? Were we still talking about this, this dickhead property developer? I think we're pretty much finished with that. There's not much else to say. Yeah, cool. Just... When they're trying to sort of, I made it rich with nothing, and that means so can you, there's always a twist that actually it was quite easy for them in some way or other that it wouldn't be for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So, probably get onto the Queen. The Queen, yeah, I'm, I'm over that shit. Like, so who cares about that old bitch? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, 
I am actually, like, kind of over it. It's, of course, yeah. It's just... It's saturation, isn't it, for a fortnight now? It's been, mm. like, so much. Like, just all the time, fucking boring as fuck, like, wall-to-wall, like, for days. And they haven't even crowned Prince Charles yet. Like, that's not going to be for months, is it? King Charles, sorry. Well, he is, no, but he is officially King Charles. Oh, yeah, I him, know, I know. The coronation will just be another fucking day or couple of days of nothing... That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed we get another bank holiday for the coronation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> that's the only reason I give a shit. That's fine, I guess. Like, I, I think it's fine that you know. I think it's great that people get a bank holiday. Not me, but I don't have a job. I have a day off already. I can get shit. <laughs> that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got enough days off that I'm getting all the Wales games off during the World Cup, so I'm happy. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, but it's, we can really get it popping. Like, do you guys all want to take a really short break and I'll just pop around the corner and smoke a little zoo? Oh, yeah, I need to go and uh, V up on beer, as Jack would say. Should we do that? Are you guys up for doing that and recording some more, like, shortly? Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I've got, like, loads of Korean baseball to watch in the background. Yeah, I'm... So. I'll stay up super late, but I'm just sat here watching the football anyway, so... Yeah, you know. yeah, that's cool. No, we won't do it super late. I mean, I'm just saying, like, maybe about 20 minutes, half an hour or something, reconvene, same place. Yeah, I'm happy to go in the cunt for 30 minutes. Again, your punchline got cut out there. Like, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you what? Oh, you're not going to repeat it for me. <laughs> no, no he's... you're you going to listen to like, my recording when I send it over to you and you're going to laugh so much. <laughs> See all the punchlines. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure I will be happy to hear some of the jokes. Is this just all an elaborate ploy to like sneak in yet more offensive punchlines? <laughs> <laughs> some of them were good. I'm going to keep it's most of them. Genius it's just when they, they got racial, like I say. But then <laughs> we entered territory. Oh, oh, pick one. I'm going to keep most of them in apart from when they got racial like, <laughs> what okay yeah so I got 20 seconds these are like two yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well alright well we'll we'll fucking roast the corpse of the queen in a minute in a little bit then yeah we'll spit roast that bitch <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure okay the road is long and seeming without end the days go on Death is not 
and calling you FFF for when we get going. Um, <laughs> like, uh, for like, I was just saying to him that me and Arjan did an episode for Leftover about all the Queen shit yesterday, so I'm just like, um, you could look at it like either I've just used up all my good shit already or like I can just rehash it and possibly do it even better and I'm a well-oiled machine, you know, is the phrase I used, so. Yeah, you're like Neil Young, like you've done with practice sets. <laughs> you've done with yeah. bootleg sets. And now you're ready for the main event. Exactly. It's like a, a Bruce Springsteen rehearsal show in Asbury Park before the main tour. Like, you know, and now now we can really, this is like the tour debut for busting out shit. It hasn't been played since 72. Yeah, isn't it Asbury Park in New Jersey? It is, yeah. I'm watching um, Boardwalk Empire at the moment. Um, which is obviously set in Atlantic City, and like so, I'm I'm like, oh well, literally Atlantic City is the name of Bruce Springsteen. It's from from Bruce Land are popping up in the show, which is cool. Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. It has like this weird incest uh, subplot. Oh yeah, the, the dude. At some point. The dude fucks his mom. Yeah, yeah, and kills his dad in the same episode. They go over full Oedipus. Yeah, yeah, so it's very much like most of the animes I watch. Most like, it's sort of the Ilford culture. A man comes of age, he murders his father and takes his mother as his wife. It's tradition. Yeah, I, I like know, uh, Parker, possibly for the same reason Mike knows it, which was, uh, was uh, <laughs> a wrestler called Bam Bam Bigelow and his uh, finishing move, what was it, Farewell from Ashby Park or something like that. Welcome, from Ash- welcome to Asbury Park? Something like that, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. No, gre- greetings from oh, Asbury yeah, Park. That was it, greetings from Asbury Park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, th- yeah. I think he named that after a Bruce Springsteen album. There we go, yeah, of course <laughs> it did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did he there like use go. have Born in the USA as his intro music or something? No, no, he he very much did not. But uh, he was he was uh, allied with D- our friend DDP from the picture of DDP grinning like a fool fame uh, for oh, a yeah, while. Oh yeah, New Jersey Triad. Yes, yeah, yeah. And oh. uh, then of course, be, being a wrestler that was popular in the nineties, he then died. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of 